So what don't you want? Pardon? What don't you want? Oh, well, uh, I think I just, uh... You know, I've been working here for 44 years. Ain't nobody ever ordered nothing but T-bone steak and a baked potato. Except this one asshole from New York tried to order trout back in 1987. We don't sell no goddamn trout. T-bone steaks. So either you don't want the corn on the cob or you don't want the green beans. So what don't you want? I don't want green beans. I don't want green beans either. Steaks cooked medium rare. Can I get my steak cooked that just a That no question. All right. Iced tea for you boys. Iced tea be great. This is Across the Table, the podcast of Hannibal the Magician. Hello and welcome. I am Hannibal, I am your magician, and it's great to be back. It's going to be a bit of an odd show today. I am having unexplained and unrepairable at the moment microphone problems, so I have basically temporarily fix the problem, and I'm going to press forward as best I can. I'm glad you're here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this ongoing experiment down my road and the things that I'm trying to do. This is going to be today interesting, a little bit different, at least it is for me, more along the lines of things I don't want. There's lots of goals that I've set for myself, and I've I'm constantly trying to, of course, as we all do, achieve the goals that we set for ourselves. But there are certain things also you have to keep mind of in what you don't want out of life. I don't want to be famous, for example. I have not pursued fame. I have not gone out of my way to try to get on television. There was a period where I thought it would be interesting, but in examining one what is expected of me by the people that put acts like mine on television, and two, the repercussions afterward. And, for example, America's Got Talent. I was shuttled to the front of the line. I was given a a personal invitation several years in a row. And when I made the trip and made the preparation and went for it, I was taken right to the front. I didn't have to go through the cattle call stuff. I went right to the producers. And we talked. They liked what I had to offer. And this has been this has been a number of years ago. They liked what I had to offer. But when I took a look at the contract, I saw that if I made it onto television, they were going to basically own me. They would own the material that I created. They would own my image. I would not be permitted to perform in certain venues unless they were the agents of putting me there. And while it would have boosted my fame and and put my name up at a higher level and there would have been nice money behind it, in the end, it just didn't make any sense for me. It really was something I didn't want to do. Now, 
understand, I'm not saying that it's wrong for everyone. There are great performers and there are great magicians and, and everything from amateur level up to some really, really dedicated, amazing folks. Eric Jones is an incredible performer. I, in my opinion, I don't think he needed America's Got Talent, but he has his own reasons, and I'm certainly not going to argue with him on what those were. In the end, he made a great presentation. He got some great TV time. I'm certain he'll get a great tape out of it, and he probably will get some work out of it. I don't know what the backdoor on that is, though. I don't know how much America's Got Talent now owns what he does, but it's honestly, it's none of my business. My whole point is, it wasn't really right for me, especially at that time. A couple of years earlier, earlier on in my career, when I didn't have everything going for me that I do now, or even that I did then, maybe it would have been a nice option. But I've since discovered a better way, at least for me. It's, it's my better way. And I want to point out that I think Lloyd Dobler said it best when he said this. I don't want to sell anything, buy anything, or process anything as a career. I don't want to sell anything bought or processed or buy anything sold or processed or process anything sold, bought or processed or repair anything sold, bought or processed. You know, as a career, I don't want to do that. So uh, my father's in the army. He wants me to join, but I can't work for that corporation. Um, so what I've been doing lately is kickboxing. Kickboxing. Exactly. You go, Lloyd. It's what's in your hands. It's, what in your, it's in your feet. It's what's in your mouth, in your brain, in your ability. The gift you've been given, that's the road to pursue. You have a gift for a reason. It certainly isn't to necessarily ne there to make money. Money can be a great bonus to such things. I'm extremely lucky in the fact that my ability and my passion and my drive all lined up at a, at a fairly early age, and I was able to merge those and pursue my road in the way that I've done. I see a lot of people hesitating because money has been sold to them as the great god of, of all that there is to be, that and fame. That's another thing I don't want is fame. I've had a little taste of it. Steve Hogarth uh, lead singer of Marillion, yes, I know, talks about the trappings of fame. And it's like he describes it as the box that holds all the wonders of the universe. And some people get to open the box and take out whatever they want. Very, very, very few of them. And unfortunately, it comes with a cost. It comes with a price. You lose something. You lose, you sacrifice something to that fame. A lot of it, a big part of it, is privacy, um, anonymity in, in crowded places, the ability to go out in public, sit down and have a meal, and not be terribly disturbed. I've had a little bit of the other side of that. I've, I've seen much worse, but being interrupted while you're out with your family is, even from the, the most best intentions, is, is not a, it's not a party, and it can upset the people that really care about you as well. So fame is what I don't want. Don't want that like I don't want the green beans. Fame is too heavy a burden. I, I do want people to like, come to, and enjoy my show. I'd like for them to see the heart that I'm putting out there. Every artist wants that. I don't think anybody 
creates in a bubble. There's got to be some kind of an audience for what you're putting out. I believe that a lot of people don't put their work out because of fear of rejection. And also a good portion of people don't put their things out because of fear of success. Having it, It's very difficult at times to accept praise for something that you have created from scratch. I take a lot of pride in the work that I do, but for one reason or another, call it societal or environment or the, the endless years that, uh, of being told that what I'm doing and who I am isn't good enough, it, it weighs heavy. And of course, my mantra about that these days, due to age and experience and looking, is fuck that noise. I am great at what I do. I am one of the very best at my profession. I'm the best I am at being who I am. The thing is that the big message I want to put out more than anything else is that you are too. You can do the thing you don't think that you can. You've been given an ability. It's, it's simply a matter. I, I truly believe this, like it's gospel truth. You have been given an ability and an interest in the abilities that you have for a reason. You weren't just put together haphazardly. You are not an IKEA product. I don't want my friends living in fear. I have a wide variety of friends from all walks of life, all different colors, all different shades, all different nationalities. And there is a certain element, a certain group of my friends who literally live their lives in fear. I have a dear close friend who is a black woman. And she literally, just those two tags alone are enough to often stifle her from going out in public. I don't want to live in a world where my friend is afraid to leave her front door. To that end, to the best of my ability and, and beyond, show me a better way, tell me where I'm making my mistakes, I write and I protest and I try to draw attention to the things I think need improving. And I will stand my ground and I will stand in the gap for the people that I feel are oppressed. I'm able to do that because I have a gift of privilege. I want to use my privilege to help those who aren't privileged. I don't want, in a, in a way, I don't want to be looked to as a role model. I'm, I'm no role model. I'm a magician. I do card tricks for a living. I failed miserably at being a husband. I often hurt the best of my friends from depression, from anxiety, and everything else. Don't try to live your life to be like me. What I, what I don't want is for you to try to live your life to be like me. What I do want is to if you can find the example that I'm trying to set and live your life to be more like you, to try to find the love inside of you and love yourself the way you would love anyone and talk to yourself the way you would talk to the best of your friends, you would never say some of the things you say to your, yourself. You would never say those things to your friends. I actually did some, some preparation for this particular show and 
barring the, the microphone problems that are continuing to go on, I hope this is going to go, I hope you're, you're hearing this clearly, um, I put together a list of things of, of not wanting. Maybe we'll call this the negative show, things that Hannibal doesn't want, things that I can advise you, hopefully, and, and of course take everything I say with a grain of salt, live from your own experience and take a look around at the world in a really nonfiction kind of way, this is what works for me. Of course, you know that because you're still listening. Don't not take action on your dreams. If you have a dream, if you have something that fits in with your ability, that, that you have a passion for, okay, when you were a kid, when you were a little kid, little boy, little girl, we all had dreams. We all had a, a really active imagination and a, and a fantastic fantasy life. We could be anything. In my generation, we used sticks and cans and whatever our imagination to come up to build time machines, to build spaceships. There was a trailer, there was an abandoned boat trailer that sat in a lot just down the road from my house when I was eight, nine, ten years old. Just a... a triangular, long boat trailer. Someone had taken the tires off of it, set it up in a vacant lot, and just left it there. And that, for me and my friends, was the Starship Enterprise. And perhaps you can't pilot a Starship in this day and age, but you can apply that passion, that fantasy, towards writing for yourself towards mathematics, towards a career in, at NASA. It, it, it Really, the possibilities are all your own. Don't give up on your dreams. Don't give up on your fantasizing and your imagination. There are so many people. There are... I'm going to say that the opposite is, is more of the truth, that there are more people not living their dreams. But I know the people that are living their dreams, and they are, by and large, much, much happier in living their dreams than the people that aren't, to the people that gave up, to the people that said, I just don't have the talent or I just can't do it. I will not condemn those people. I hope they find happiness and joy where they are, but I can tell you for a fact, for a, a fact in my life, chasing my dreams, putting my ability, putting my passion behind what I do has led to a, a tremendously good life a tremendously adventurous life. It's been very interesting. And yes, I have had the lowest of the lows, but that wasn't because I didn't follow my dreams. That was because that was a totally personal thing. The dream that I chased, the dream that I won, the career that I am living and breathing right now has never hurt me when I've been honest with it. Take action. Follow your dreams. Find out where they're going and meet them there, as Mitch Hedberg used to say. Don't let... I'm, I'm still sticking with this negative theme for a while. You're going to have to deal with me. Don't let excuses or other people derail you from your own dreams. Don't let... Don't let other people become the excuse. You can have... Maybe you're not talented enough for a certain thing. Maybe, okay, like I, I wanted to play ba basketball, 
I probably couldn't do it. I just, I don't have the shape. I don't have the endurance. I don't, I was not given that gift and that ability. So I can love it. And there's other aspects of it that I could do to be involved with the, with the sport itself and find a dream in that arena. Mine happened to be performing. The vehicle that, that presented itself to me was magic. When I first started out, magic is hard, yo. Some of the sleight of hand and some of the things I had to learn and, and reconditioning natural ability, natural things that I wanted to do, reconditioning it so that it would fit in. I'm trying to say this without giving too much away. Fit in with sleight of hand that I needed to do. It's not natural movements. But you have to, in magic, here's a little secret. In magic, you have to do unnatural things and present them to look natural, to look like a natural movement. And that, that's what makes it difficult. But it was blisteringly hard at the beginning, and my hands would ache, and I would get calluses in places that I didn't want calluses. And if you've ever tried to play the guitar, if you're learning that, you know you develop calloused pads on your fingertips and on the, on the pads of your fingers because that's just the nature of learning what to do. You have to go through the pain and the practice to get to the fruit. Other people are going to tell you that you can't do it. You're going to get, you're going to meet up with a ton of negativity. What are you going to do for your day job? What's your fallback plan? What's your plan B? There is no plan B. There is plan A. There is the dream. There is the ability. There is the practice, the devotion, the heart, and the passion behind it. And oh man, the rewards are so glorious. Even if you don't make money at it, even if you're just scraping by at times, which I do, the, the love of what you do and, and, the, and the knowledge of what you've gone through to get where you're going, that's where your reward is. Don't let people, it sounds like a meme, I know, but don't let people who didn't follow their dreams to people who are living miserable lives in nine to five jobs and don't send me letters. I know there are people who work nine to five jobs who love nine to five jobs and that's what they were made for and they were made to be in those positions and they absolutely love the jobs they do. I'm not talking to you. You are living your dream if you're doing that. that. That's right up there with it. But don't listen to people that tell you what their opinion is of what you're doing. If you believe in it, if you are genuinely putting heart and soul and love into it, of course, hear what they say and apply it to your knowledge of what you're doing. Someone tells you, you know, the song you wrote is awful. Okay, maybe it's not for them. Maybe that song is just for you, or maybe it's for somebody you haven't met yet, or whatever. Don't let other people talk you out of your dreams. Find your heart and live it up. Don't wait for the right time. As soon as I finish, as soon as I get insurance with this job, I will start applying more time to this. As soon as the kids are grown up, I will be able to do something, etc., etc. Perfect time is a myth. There, there, there are times when you can't or shouldn't act miserably or act immediately. Like, you know, what's an example? Taking a trip if you if you just have no money, you know, or, or or going into debt to travel the world. But in general. In, in basic general terms, right now is all we get. 
right now, this moment, we are not guaranteed tomorrow. We are not guaranteed next week or next year. We are given the gift of right now. And right now is the time to start looking at your at your gift and what you're going to do with it. Don't wait for the right time to start living your dreams. Put it in your head that this is who you are. I am a magician. Um, say to yourself, I am a guitar player. I am a songwriter. I am a dancer. Appreciate appreciate the little things. Appreciate life. Appreciate the breath in your lungs. Don't not appreciate your health. You, you, you never think about your health in general. You never think about your health until you get sick. It's at those point, you know, why didn't I appreciate feeling good? Why didn't I take precautions, et cetera, et cetera? Think about it all the time. This is part of the instrument. The, the physical body that you are gifted with is part of the ability and the, the gift that you've been given. So you got to take care of it. You got to hydrate. You got to eat correctly. He says completely unsarcastically, you've got to, you've got to prime the engine. You've got to be ready to move. You've got to be able to breathe and move when the time comes. Take care of the instrument. Take, take care of what you've given. It's all, it's all part of the thing. And, and in doing that, in, in having the ability and the health and what you've got, don't not help others. I am a solo act. I have built a wonderful show. I have built a, a nice career, and I'm still building it. I did not get here all by myself. I had creative people who advised me. I had people that I trusted, that I asked to help critique what I was doing. I got some great advice from people who had been in my shoes and where I'd been. Uh, part of why I'm doing this particular kind of a podcast is I have reached a stage in my life where I feel like I've got experience and I can offer you advice. I can offer you what I've learned along the way. And of course, you can take it or leave it. You can you can leave it on the wayside. Ah, Hannibal doesn't know what he's talking about. But one of the things I've learned is I got a tremendous amount of help coming this far. And it is a great, great thing. It is a great feeling to be able to help others, to be able to reach down to someone who asks or, or someone that you get permission for. It's, it's one of those things where consent is everything. I wouldn't necessarily offer an opinion to someone on their craft, on their art, on their magic, for God's sake, unless they ask me to. But there are ways to help and not just an advice. Your actions define in other people's eyes, define who you are. Look around, look at your neighborhood, look at your friends, look at the way the people you care about are living. Go out of your way, go far out of your way to help. You would, you would certainly appreciate it if someone did it for you, right? I know I do. I, I am so very grateful for the, the dozens and dozens of people that took time to set aside for me. And in, in doing that, it also goes into making sure you're, you're keeping in touch with the lives of the people you do care about. Make a phone call. Send a text. 
let someone know right now, this very day, right now, pause me for a second and just send a text to somebody you care about. Tell them you love them. Tell them you hope everything is okay with them. Wish them well. You know, randomly sending people cards. I, I do that for my friends. Randomly send people greeting cards or, or just a postcard from someplace that you visited or I, I think it's hilarious. There was a friend once upon a time I went, I was go, I was traveling and I was coming back through Charlotte and I stopped in at one of the gift shops at Charlotte and I bought like a dozen postcards and I filled them all out. I, I sent greetings from Charlotte to all my friends that lived in Charlotte, to people that lived three doors down from me. I, I mailed postcards from my hometown to the people that, that lived near me and it gave them a smile. It gave them a chuckle. And I got a, I got a dozen texts and phone calls from people who got their mail. And, and honestly, it makes me feel good to receive a letter in the mail. So I just receive something that somebody put their hands to or, or anything. Just thinking of me, you could type me a letter and sign it at the bottom. And I would be thrilled if you don't feel your, uh, your handwriting is great. Type somebody a letter and tell them, my handwriting sucks. You couldn't read this. But I'm, I'm typing it up by hand, and I'm going to sign my name at the bottom. And, and, you know, what I'm saying is make it personal. We are so desensitized these days. We are so separated and isolated from the people that we love via just the technology that we use. But there's, there's still ways to, to reach out. Make the call. Tell them you care about them. Tell them you, you're thinking of them. It makes a big difference. It really, really does. So don't isolate yourself. I had to learn that lesson myself. I had to learn it in, in very, very painful ways. Don't not take risks. There's a tough one. And that, that includes me because we, the, the way we're taught to live and the way we are brought up, especially in, in my country, it's, uh, it's shaky ground taking risks financially, emotionally, taking risks that friends might not understand what you're doing or why you're doing it. There's a difference between taking a calculated risk and an uncalculated risk. Take the calculated ones. Look at the benefits, look at what it's going to cost you, and make informed decisions. There's going to be sometimes you're going to be out there on a skinny plank, and the reward honestly the bigger the risk, the greater the risk, the greater the reward. So you got to find that balance just on the opposite side, just on the outside of your comfort zone. You've got you've to put it out there. You've got to take that step out onto the stage. A lot of my analogies are going, to be, are going to be performance ones. If you're not a performer, change the analogy to whatever it means to you. You've got to, to put your foot on the stage. You've got to put your pen to a paper. You have got to put an idea onto a canvas. You've got to ask for the raise. You've got to ask for the position that you know you deserve. You've got to take the risk of moving forward, becoming the better you. Tell me a joke. Don't not make people smile. Man, it's a heavy world. Man, it's a burden. My life is devoted to making people smile and to making people laugh. Now, caveat, 
That does not mean telling strangers on the street that they should smile. You don't know what their burden is. You don't know what their experiences are. You might come off as a predator in just in asking a stranger, and I'm going to be real specific about this too, a man asking a woman he does not know on the street to smile. We live in a rape culture, people. It's sad, and it's brutal, and it's awful, and I hate that we do, but we do. Recognize that. I don't care how friendly you think you're being. I don't care what your intentions are as you're doing it. It is best, unfortunately, to not. There are other ways around it. There are ways you'd, you'd be amazed. Just being pleasant yourself, just wearing a smile yourself, and, and believe me, I know it ain't always easy, and sometimes it's impossible. So don't don't knock yourself out trying to always wear a grin or wear a smile. But you know what I mean. Having a pleasant, polite, engaging attitude can easily change the attitude of the people around you. It's a very thin line of, of, uh, of compliment versus harassment. And unfortunately, again, in the society we live in, a lot of women live in fear, live in constant fear, especially of strange men. There it is. It needs to change, and it's going to take a really long time to change because it is propagated and held up by everything from media to movies to TV shows to et cetera, et cetera. But it can change. You have to start from within. But the people that you love, the friends that you have, the people that you're close to, make the extra effort to, to, to give them a smile. Don't order them to smile. Don't ask them to smile. Don't say, you know, you're prettier when you smile. That's creepy. That's bad. Have fun with them. Smile yourself and laugh yourself, and it's infectious. And have a positive attitude the best you possibly can. And it's infectious to the people that are around you. It will give them joy, seeing your confidence, seeing your, your smiles and seeing it out. So give it as a gift. Don't walk around miserable. Even if you are miserable, if there is misery in your life, it can be overcome. And a really easy way to do that is to, even if you're faking it, is to put on a positive attitude. You can't, it, it'll, honestly, it'll, it'll soak in because it's part of love. And love is infectious and love is healing and art is healing and it, it'll, it, it can change you by simply adjusting your own. Fake it till you make it, right? Spread the joy that you have as a gift to, to other people, to people, especially the people that you care about. And, and it will spread on its own. Don't give up. Don't give up because you have us. <laughs> Define for yourself what it is to be successful. Maybe it's, it's in being able to spend more time with your loved ones, with your kids, with whatever. Maybe that's your definition of success. Maybe success is in having your own theater show somewhere. Maybe success to you just simply looks like making a living at doing something you love. Don't give up before you get there. This culture, this, this thing that we are born and bred into right now, 
the the illusion, the lie to become an overnight sensation is just that. It's a lie. Who was it? Andy Warhol. Everyone in the future will be famous for 15 minutes. That's um, that's probably an average. So if you've got a if you've got a Taylor Swift who is famous for umpteen years, uh, you know you got to divide her 15 minutes out amongst some of the rest of us who will never be famous. You know, all I'm saying is define what your success is. Don't don't strive for the overnight sensation thing. It doesn't happen, and it doesn't bring happiness. In the real world, you got to work for it. You got to be patient, and you got to bleed a little, and you gotta you gotta put words on the paper. You gotta put paint on the wall. You gotta be patient and keep working and keep looking at the goal and keep believing in yourself that you can do it. Don't give up. Don't give up on yourself. Love yourself enough to to say. I'm worth this. I'm worth the journey. I'm worth the hardship. And the gift is worth fighting for. Don't spend a lot of time with negative people. We all have our bad days. We all have our ups and we have our downs. But oh my God, are there energy vampires out there? There are people who are just not... I, I honestly believe I think they're not joyful unless they're miserable. I think they wear it like a, their favorite coat that has worn out and... and is, is not keeping them warm anymore, but they keep it because they've always kept it. That's the only thing they know. I pray for them. I hope for them for better times. I hope that they come out of that shell. But at the same time, I cannot sacrifice my positivity. I cannot sacrifice my time in constantly dredging myself out of a constant negativity. People that drain you, suck you dry, and give nothing back. It's a good measure. If they are constantly taking and never give anything back emotionally, spiritually, lovingly, whatever, it's, it's time to move on. It's time to get in with a different group of people. Surround yourself with people that are positive. And it's, it's, a, it's a factor of the more positive people you surround yourself with, the more positive you are, and the more they will gravitate to you. Positivity eradicates negativity in other people. And yeah, you're going to have bad days, and yes, there's going to be dips in, in, your, in your journey, but it's worth it. It's worth taking yourself out from the people that constantly make you feel bad, that are constantly critiquing you, or constantly criticizing who you are, or just flat out being hurtful. You deserve better. You deserve real, genuine love and affection. You deserve someone who will lift you up positively in an emotionally and spiritual way. Don't settle for anything less than that. Don't wish your time away. Don't. This is a tough one, man. I, I'm guilty of this so badly so many times. You, there's a big event coming up. There's a big convention you're going to. Halloween is coming or Christmas is coming or my birthday is coming up and I wish it was here already, but don't wish your time away. Man, life is, is precious and short. I mean, if you get, what is it, 22,000 days, you get a limited amount. Let's, let's just say that, 22,000 days. And that's all you have. 
And it's not, it's a big number, sure, and there's a lot of things that go along with it, and days can be really long, but some of them, boy, some of them can be really short. And if you only get 22,000, and, and, and we don't know, you know, you, you don't know exactly what that number is, don't hurry through life. Don't miss things. The world is going full speed ahead. The advances in everything in my life, technologically wise and societal wise, since I was a kid is, is mind numbing in how fast things happen. You don't have to stay busy all the time. Yes, focus on your work. Yes, focus on your passion. Yes, focus on the things that are important and make you happy, but have a picnic. Call up the person you love, the person you're affectionate with. Call up your best friend. Hell, call up your casual friend. Make a lunch, whatever it is. Get a blanket. Find a green place. Smell the roses. Smell the flowers. Feel the wind in your hair. Feel the, the beach between your toes. Feel the ocean rushing up on your ankles. Admire the view from, from the top of a mountain. Admire the view on the trail getting there. And don't pile it all on at once. Take a little bit of time every day. Take a, a full day every once in a while to where you do nothing except appreciate the little things. Appreciate the small things that your, your kids do for you. Appreciate them growing up and the stories they're learning and the things they're telling. Talk to each other. There's so much joy in just sitting across a table from someone. See what I did there? sitting across from the table, across the table from somebody, and just sharing, sharing your pain. Pain shared is halved, and joy shared is doubled. Take that time. It makes the journey worthwhile. Happiness, uh, again, it's Marillion. Happiness ain't at the end of the road. Happiness is the road. Find your joy today. Take a moment. Take an hour. And, and, Look around and, and, you know what? Count your gratitude. Count. Be grateful for the ceiling over your head. Be grateful for the clothes you're wearing. Be grateful for the body you're in. Be grateful for the jokes you know. I don't know. Find your joy. Don't not find your joy. <laughs> if, you have, if you have the ability to travel, and, and if you like traveling, some people don't like traveling, Get out and meet new people. Get out and see new things. See new architectures. See, you know, go to, go to a place where your language isn't the main language and, and struggle and get embarrassed and taste new foods. <laughs> get a beer at McDonald's in Germany. I, you know, the, to me, that's, that's one of the highlights. I was going to sound odd, all right? I'm just going to flat out... The very one of the very first overseas corporate shows I did was in Hamburg, and I just I I literally I got out I had a free day one of the days that I was there, 
And I got out and I walked around the city and I was just, ah, I was so stunned with, with old, hundreds of years old houses and, and honest to God, castles right next door to chrome and glass. Modern slapdab up against ancient. It was fascinating. There was, you want to hear my Homburg story? You want to hear a little bit about this? I'm sorry, I'm stumbling over my own words and keeping an eye on the microphone at the same time. I went to Hamburg. I was doing um, a trade show for a company, and then I was doing a party for them uh, at the end of one of these things. Client I'm still familiar with and happy with these days. But I had a free day to to wander the city, and I, I just decided to walk. And I saw a guy um, standing on a soapbox, literally on a soapbox, holding a book and speaking German to the few people that would stay and watch. A couple of people would stop and listen to what he had to say. Some of them stayed longer. Some of them, I, I hung out there for about 20 minutes. I had the first idea of what he was saying, but boy, he believed it. Whatever it was he was saying, he believed it. Uh, nobody interacted with him. Nobody called back to him from the crowd. Nobody contradicted anything he said or tried to engage him in conversation. And just due to the nature of the German language, I couldn't tell if he was happy or pissed off or preaching or anything else, but he really believed what he was saying, and he, he, he said it hard, and he was saying it when I walked up, and he was saying it just as strong when I left. So there's that. I went by as I was walking by, there was a Levi store. Levi Jeans store that was opening, and there was a line down the block because they were getting ready to open. It was their very first day, uh, Levi store, and there were people lined up to buy blue jeans. And I was struck with a little bit of culture shock there. Things that uh, you and I take for granted or take for normal. These people, there was a good two block long line to buy jeans, to buy American jeans. Fascinated. The uh, probably the biggest thing that that I just found amusing was the hotel I was staying at, and it was the the Hotel Blue, right across from. I could look out my window and see there was a movie theater, one of the old fashioned. I think they had four auditoriums. It was by by today's standards, kind of small, um, and there was a, a line around the block there, and this was at like. 8 o'clock in the morning. I had just gotten up and I looked out my hotel room and there was a line around the building. And I hadn't really been out in the city yet. I hadn't really seen a whole lot of things. But um, when I left, when I walked out of the hotel and I, I walked over to the theater and talked to the concierge of the hotel who I ran into as I was going out, I asked what the line was for. And uh, dude told me that they were lined up for pre-sale tickets for the movie Sex in the City 2. Yeah. Um, the first 100 people in line or the first 50 people in line or whatever were getting a specialized uh, clutch purse for the movie premiere. And I thought, okay, maybe they're there for the purse, but no, the line was way longer than that, and they were genuine. That was going to be a big, a big... Uh, 
social thing, a big social gathering. We're going to go see Sex in the City too. It's it's coming and it's going to be very soon. And I learned of this when I got into the city, and there were posters everywhere, and there were billboards on the side of buildings, five stories high, of the the lead actress Sarah, Sarah Jessica Parker. Five stories high, coming soon, Sex in the City. It was everywhere. This was a big event. This was a big thing. I mean, comparable to some of the hype I've seen in the U.S. over Star Wars movies. Yeah, huge uh, and and slightly hilarious. And then the last thing I'll share with you, uh, coming back to the hotel late one night after uh, doing the... We had, we'd done the, the trade show thing during the day, and we'd all gone out to dinner. And we were walking back home, and there was a, a sock store. I'm going to say this right. A sock store sold nothing but socks. Some, some exotic-looking things, some fun-looking socks, all the way down to just plain white socks. But their window display, <laughs> the window display, and it was all lit up, and there were, there were like three windows and in each window, there were three separate displays. And so it was nine depictions of pairs of socks committing suicide. There was a pair of socks with a noose around their neck. I mean, and they were they were stuffed like puppets. They made them look like sock puppets, you know, displaying the, the designs of the socks they had. But there was one that had... Uh, in a, a sock in a bathtub getting ready to push a toaster into the bathtub. There was a sock that was digging its way into a bottle of pills. There were nine depictions of socks killing themselves. And I, I, I did not, I was unable to read what the captions were. And I was so shocked and delighted. And I, I've got pictures somewhere. I, I took a bunch of pictures with my, with my cell phone at the time. But that was the most fascinating thing I'd seen. I didn't, I didn't think enough at the at the time, to ask for translation as to what the, the actual sign said or why, these particular socks were committing suicide, in this very public window. It was just it was a bizarre thing. So all of that to say, travel, see what you can, get out there and and see the bizarre things that this world has to to put in front of you, stuff you can't even imagine, you know right now is going to be put in front of you in a, in a very spectacular way. Don't, don't worry too much. You know, I don't remember, I think I, I want to say Robert Downey Jr. I'll have to do the research on it again. I, I took notes about this, but worrying, the saying goes, or the, the quote is, worrying is like praying for what you don't want to happen. Worrying is nothing but negative energy. Worrying, worrying about anything doesn't accomplish anything. It, it tears you down from the inside. It weakens your spirit. And I know, I know, it's hard not to worry. It's hard not to get anxious. For some of us, it's, it's an ongoing battle. But don't worry too much. Don't worry at all if you can manage that. That'd be an interesting life, wouldn't it? Don't, what is it? Don't sweat the small stuff and it's all small stuff. Love yourself. 
trust that trust in the time that you have you, you have right now worrying only really creates more negative energy it really does it that's that's its sole purpose it it creates negative energy and it eats away at your positivity look at what you do have feel the breath in your lungs feel feel the life inside of you maybe you're sick maybe you're in pain maybe you know but you're still alive maybe everything is turned badly in your life man i went through years of that of of trying to recover it but one of the things that helped and one of the things that a therapist told me early on was if when you wake up if you if you just feel the crush if you feel the weight on you take a look around at the things that you do have be grateful for breathing be grateful for the books that have been that have become your friends be grateful for the the storylines the movies the tv shows the people in your life the ability to find food appreciate and and put out more positive energy than you are allowing negative energy in your life don't not learn from your mistakes you know you're going to make mistakes you're going to fail you're going to land on your face you're going to land on your ass it's going to happen but you learn no one wants to admit they make mistakes no one wants to cop to well that was my fault cuz it's embarrassing and it's it's tough to 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 put that out there but i believe in the mistakes i believe in failures i believe that they are the cement that helps build the brick that helps you sink the bricks into them and it builds the foundation of who you are and where you're going learn from your mistakes they are all learning opportunities make sure you actually learn from them don't just i mean yes it's embarrassing and yes you want to hide it but but look at them closely personally privately If you don't learn from your mistakes, you're going to do them again and again and again and you're going to end up with the same kind of partner. I mean, I know I know women and men who keep dating the same person. And I don't mean physically the same person, but but the, the same kind of personality traits because that's all they know. That's what they fall in love with. They fall in love with the abuse. They they don't recognize the mistakes that they made before and they they doom themselves. to repeating the same mistakes. It it's the same with business. It's the same with art. You don't when learning to play the guitar, you learn where your fingers go and where they don't go. And you make mistakes and you make bad mo- make mad movements and but that's where the practice comes in. You you learn from the mistakes and you make them less the next time and you don't make the same mistakes again and again and again. You learn from them and you make new mistakes. You make new failures. You make better failures was it um was it peter dinklage in 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 his commencement speech that said something along the lines of fail better you know you failed today don't make that same failure eradicate that improve on it make a better failure tomorrow just do it do the thing fail and learn and stand up and fail again and stand up again and learn don't not learn don't work too much. 
you know, there comes a time when you're going to burn yourself on what you're doing. And, I, and I'm falling back again to the stop and smell the roses. Don't overdo it. Even if it's something you love doing. Remember, there, there are people out there that love you, that want to spend time with you. Put in what you need to. Do it with passion and with devotion. But also schedule time for to give yourself to people, to give yourself to your wife, your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your partner. Allow them, the people that you love, the people that are positive, the people that return good things to you. Don't be selfish. Give yourself to those people too. Put your work aside and allow them to spend time with you, your quality. They, they deserve your time and attention. And it doesn't have to all be about you. In fact, it probably shouldn't all be about you. Do something that someone else loves to do. Someone who loves your presence. Someone who loves simply being around you. Do something with them that they love to do. And if it's something you don't care for, if it's something you don't particularly enjoy doing, for God's sake, don't keep harping on that. Don't keep saying, you know, it's not something I really enjoy doing. No, that's, that's, the, wrong, that's the wrong deal. Be joyful with them. Give of yourself. Put aside your work every once in a while. Find your balance. Allow someone to love you and explore the things that the people you care about love. Don't not be responsible. When you put your flag in the ground, when you say, this is who I am, this is what I love, this is my passion, this is my art, this is my joy, this is my love, this is my wife, this is my husband, this is my lover, this is my partner, this is what I believe in. This is my God. This is my nature. This is this is my flag. This is who I am. Take responsibility for it. No one owes you anything. No one owes you the respect. No one owes you appreciation of the things that you are, who you, you stand for. Take responsibility. Yeah, you got free speech. Yes, you can say what you're doing but take responsibility for the things you do and the things you say. Own that shit. Own it. If this is who you are, if this is what you believe in, if you are standing up for your cause, take the responsibility that goes along with it. Your life today is a result of all of the choices you've made in the past that has brought you to the specific place where you are right now. You made the choices. You chose how to react in any given situation. Somebody talked to you, directed you, hired you, put you in the place, but you made the choices to be who you're with, to be where you're around, to who you surround yourself with. Put yourself, strive to put yourself in your own driver's seat for the future. Own your life, own your choices, and be proud of what they are. Now, if you're hurting somebody else, if, if part of your choices is hurting somebody else, rethink, redirect, don't hurt other people intentionally. Yeah, you're going to hurt people unintentionally. Yes, you're going to be thoughtless at just the wrong time. Yes, you're going to be selfish at just the wrong time. Yes, you're going to say the wrong thing in front of the wrong person. Take responsibility for those things. Own them. 
apologize that you've hurt someone. And by the way, you don't get to define who is or isn't offended by what you do. You cannot direct, so you cannot tell someone you can't be offended at what I say. No, they, they totally can. It could be a word, it could be a phrase, it could be a gesture. I have a really good friend who, in, a, in, a, in an emotional moment a couple of years ago, she was very sad about a nickname that someone had given her. She was, she was proud of the... I'm trying not to give too much away, and, but she was given a, a role to play, and she was very proud of that role. But part of it came along with a nickname that she didn't care for. And so, because sometimes my wit is quick and sometimes in the right situations, I know the, the right thing to say. I altered the nickname and it made her smile. It made her see herself in a different light. It, it, it gave her a quality that she hadn't seen before simply by giving a, a new name to the character, to, to, the, to the role she was playing. Now, a couple of days ago, situations change. Things happen, things come and go. Good situations can become bad ones. And so I called her by the nickname that I had been calling her for years, the one that I invented and gave to her. And she looked at me and said, you know, that doesn't fit me anymore. And to be honest, it's kind of offensive now. Now... My first reaction is, hey, I gave you that. I, I created that nickname for you because I love you and because I was trying to, to help you and, and be nice. And she says, I know, I know, but it doesn't fit me anymore. That's not my name anymore. I didn't have the right, I don't have the right to sit here and tell her, no, you can't be offended by that. I made that because I love you. No, I offended her. And so I apologized. And I changed her nickname in my phone. And I told her, I will never call you that again. Unless you invite me to start using that nickname again, I won't. This is who you are. This is who you say you are. I'm, I'm sorry that I offended you. It was not my intent. And everything was fine. Things change. Things alter themselves. Take responsibility for what comes out of you. And if you offend someone, apologize. Listen to their feelings. Strive for joy. Strive for giving joy. Strive for happiness. That's loving your neighbor. That's loving yourself enough to admit that while I, I enjoy this thing, while I enjoyed the name that I gave my friend, it meant something hurtful to her now. And I, I don't want to offend someone I love. So I will change and make that different. Take the responsibility. Don't, huh, get back to the theme, don't not take responsibility. <sighs> don't listen to other people's opinions before you listen to your own. You are the only one that has your experience. You're the only one who has lived the life you've led. It's really easy to listen to other people's loud opinions, especially when they're passionate about it. Dude standing in the square in Hamburg, Germany, just blasting to the world exactly what he thought and exactly what he meant. And here's poor me. I got no clue as to what he's saying. All I know is that he believes it. 
because I couldn't understand his language, because I couldn't understand what he was saying, it didn't affect me, other than the fact that I admired his passion and his zeal. He may have been calling for anything in the world. He could have been calling for some true evil shit. But all I saw was the passion. I didn't have to listen to his opinion. I could admire his zeal without falling into his group. Does that make sense? I didn't have to adjust my mindset to his beliefs in order to admire the passion that he put behind them. Sometimes it's easier to listen to other people than it is to listen to your own intuition and your own voice. But if you ignore your gut feelings, I guarantee you'll eventually end up regretting it. I, <laughs> I listen to my gut because my gut is often bigger than the other person's head. <laughs> I listen to my own gut instinct. It's there for a reason. You, you are living your own life. And it's okay to listen to advice, and it's okay to listen to critique, and it's okay to ask someone else for their opinion, but listen to your own inner voice, the good one, the positive one, not the evil one, not the evil one who's telling you, you know, you're not worth it. No, listen to the one that tells you, yes, this is a good thing that I'm doing. Yes, this is good for me. Yes, this is good for the world that I live in. Before you listen to other people's opinion, it's not their life. It's honest to God, not their business. Don't miss your own children's childhood. It's not easy raising kids. I helped raise four. Three girls and a boy. Glorious, amazing, beautiful, smart children. The most beautiful and smart and talented children in the entire world. Because they're mine. <laughs> it's not easy. Man, it's not easy day to day. It's challenging and it's annoying and it's difficult and it'll pull your hair out and make it gray. But boy, holy shit, people. Time is an arrow and it flies fast. I have four children and they are all over 21. And I don't know when the hell that happened. I... They grew up, they moved out. I have years and years and years of memories. I spent time with my kids. I played with my children. I read with my children. I read to my children. I let them read to me. I went to their plays and their recitals. I, I was with them when they tried, when they tried out for the band, when they tried out for... For, for different musicals and such and so on. I, I watched them try and I felt their successes and I celebrated and I felt their failures and I tried to help them as best I could. I wasn't the greatest parent in the world, no. I don't know how I did that. I'm not the greatest parent in the world, but I raised the greatest kids. <laughs> I didn't miss their childhood. Yeah, I was gone. I was gone a lot but I spent a lot of quality and quantity time with my children. And it's still not enough. It's, it's still, I, I, I wish for twice the time. I'm grateful for the time I had, but man, I, I'd still love more. Enjoy, don't, don't miss your own children's childhood. Revel in the discoveries that they make. See 
the universe again through their eyes. One of the things I harp on back again and again and again is that watching a toddler discover the universe is one of the most amazing, beautiful, happy things there is. Heaven, to me, would be that mindset again, rediscovering the universe, seeing it in a way I've never seen it before, rediscovering that, 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 that feeling of astonishment when you see something amazing or beautiful or new. Live for that. And I got to relive it in the faces of my children. Don't miss it. Don't miss it for, your, for, for whatever reason. It's there and it's yours to cherish. It's a gift. It really is. Don't not learn who you can trust. There's a lot of double negatives in this. I'm sorry, you might have to sue me for the horrid grammar that I sometimes come out with in this this free thinking, free forward. I actually took notes, so a lot of this is my own fault, so be that as it will. Don't not learn who you can trust. It's I, I have a big problem with that. I tend to trust way too easily. I learned the hard way who I could trust and who I couldn't, but in the sooner you learn it, the happier you will be. But I, I often default to trust, and it can burn me. But eventually, uh, true colors come out, and you know who you can and can't trust, and it's the same along the lines of negative people. You need to close the doors and make sure they're not a part of your life. Don't miss saying what you should have said. Did you tell somebody? Did you tell someone you really care about that you loved them? Is there somebody that you want to tell exactly how you feel about them? Is there someone that needs your appreciation? Have you texted somebody today to say, hey, I care about you. I'm thinking about you. I hope you're okay. Don't miss saying those things. If you told somebody you appreciated them today, what are you waiting for? Do it now. Pause me. Have me on in the background. I don't care. Tell somebody right now how valuable they are to you. Let them know. They might be wondering. They really might be wondering. Don't miss the opportunity to tell someone your feelings. Don't miss the opportunity to lift somebody else up out of their glum. If they're having a hard day, if you can see through social media that things are not going great, spare a moment. Hey, I don't really have time to talk right now. But boy, do I love you. And boy, am I proud of you for what you're doing. And gosh, I know it's hard and I know things are tough right now, but I'm in your corner, champ. I'm cheering for you. I've got your back. I believe in you. I have faith in the work that you're doing. It takes less than a minute. It takes less than a minute. There is more time, there's more valuable time spent in contacting two or three people directly than it is putting up a random banner on Facebook or Twitter or something else. Yeah, that goes out to many, many more people all at once, but a specific heartfelt moment to deliver something to someone personally is way more valuable. You can change the world a lot quicker. You can bring happiness and joy to a person's life a lot more directly if you go and do it directly. Do the text instead of posting the meme. 
That's just my advice. You can take it or leave it, of course. But I'm telling you from experience, the reach out is better than the than the scattershot. Do the thing. Get up off your ass. Do the thing. Don't not do the thing. I'm getting back to the theme. Don't not do the thing. Make me a banner of that. Make me a cross stitch of that, somebody. Somebody come and paint it on my wall and, and, and get it into your brain. Don't not do the thing. You're made for greatness. You're made for beauty. You're, you're made for incredible things. I believe in you. And I'm scattershotting. I'm, I'm doing exactly what I said I wouldn't do. But as soon as I'm done with this podcast, I've got a dozen people. I've just written down names as I was talking of people learning my own lessons that I'm just going to send out a little love to. Nothing demanding, nothing, you know, you don't have to respond. Just, hey, I'm thinking of you. You are valued. You are loved. And then go back and do the thing. Do the thing that you're made to do. I believe in you. I have faith in you. Do the thing. And that's what I have to say for this segment. Here's a quick word from a sponsor. It's the ninth annual Geek Gala, Geekzilla, King of the Carolinas. What is a Geek Gala? Why, it's the geekiest Halloween party in the Southeast. Join us October 21st at the NOAA's Event Center in Charlotte, North Carolina for a night of food, music, comedy, and shenanigans. Test your knowledge and win prizes during the Geeky Trivia Challenge. Show off your sweet Halloween attire during the costume contest. Or if you have mad skills, enter the Geeks Got Talent Contest for a chance to win $150. The night includes live performances from comedy rock god Mikey Mason, Matricula from the same consensual clown posse, and Boomstick Burlesque, Carolina's newest geeky burlesque review. Be sure to buy your raffle tickets to win one of our wondrously geeky goodie baskets. All raffle proceeds go to benefit the Dave Thomas Foundation. Tickets and information available at geekgala.com. The Geek Gala is presented by the Charlotte Geeks and Con Carolinas. The Geek Gala is not intended for children or for those without a sense of humor. So if you have a sense of humor and you're not a child, be there. I had the rare opportunity, the once a year opportunity, to perform this past weekend at the Festival in the Park. Festival in the Park is an ongoing Charlotte tradition in the fall, usually the very first weekend after fall happens, and it's just a big art display around the pond in Freedom Park. Now, there's a long green place in uh, just outside of Uptown Charlotte called Freedom Park. Since I was a very young boy, um, where my parents would take me out to feed ducks and geeses and et cetera and et cetera, uh, it's been a place of freedom and a place of happiness for me. There was, there still is, a train a, a engine, a train engine that they've got parked there that you could climb through and climb on and work the controls and et cetera and et cetera. It was just a wonderful time. Well, once a year, they throw an art festival, and there are paintings, and there are handworks and pottery, and I've met some, some really wonderful, fabulous people. And for as long as I've been in magic, there has been a magic stage, a magician's stage, for local magicians to display and entertain people that came by. Now, a few years ago, through one way or another, the responsibility of it fell to me 
and I would ask the local magicians to to come out and perform. It's become less and less over the past few years. Um, some of it's because it's me. Some of it's timing, and, and there's a lot of other factors. But I try to always be there. I try to always show up and, and do my thing because it's just a place I love. It's in, a, in the middle of the stages itself, down in a little hollow, in the midst of a grove of trees. And if you've never watched a magic show in the middle of a grove of green trees that are just starting to get a little bit of gold and red into them, then you're missing out. This was my weekend, Friday night, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, doing what I do, doing card tricks and making people laugh and making people gasp and, and, and doing it all right there. The sun was out. The sun was shining. It was a beautiful day. We were down in our little grove under the shade, so the sun wasn't directly affecting us. We had a little breeze going on. You could hear the river off to the side making its gurgling little dance. And moments that I treasure. I've been there with the family, and and I, I hold those memories really, really tight. I was joined this year by uh, Hayden Childress, Haydini, uh, who came out and did a magnificent job in working a crowd and, and making people happy and making people laugh, doing magic and mentalism. And Leon the Illusionist came out for a few hours and did a few things. I was able to coax a friend, uh, Tiffany, who happened to show up just to see a show. I was able to convince her to do a few things for the people that were around, and they were delightful. She made some people very, very happy in a very short period of time. And there's the smells of kettle corn and, and, and beer and lemonade and everything just permeating the air and art everywhere and, and, and people with their children. And ah, it, it's, it was a great, great, if you, you can tell, I was very excited about it. I had a very, very soul-centering time at this festival. And I came home exhausted and sweaty and gross and sore and I took my shower and, and loosened up my muscles and fell into the deepest sleep in between things. I came home exhausted, but it was that really good kind of tired you get when you've done really good work. And sadly, this will be my final year doing the festival in the park. So I made it as good as I possibly could. I made it a good time for myself and the people that were there with me. I left a good legacy. This time next year, God willing... I will be in Los Angeles, and there will be new venues, and there will be hopefully new groves of trees or, or, or places where people gather like that where, where I can do what I do in nature, in, in communing with, uh, with people out of doors and not... Theaters are awesome. Believe me, I love beautiful theaters. I love all kinds of theaters. I love dive bars where I can perform, and they all carry different feelings with them not locked into one place. My, my art is such that I need the basic instruments, the basic tools, and I can make miracles happen, and I can make people smile and gasp and be happy. How, how wonderful a life to be able to say something like that. And, and I'm not just bragging on me. My whole purpose behind this show, behind getting behind this microphone, sitting in this office, is to tell you that you can do it too. You absolutely can. In your own way, in your own form, you can find a way to, to give so neatly 
of yourself that it brings you a wonderful, wonderful joy. It, it, it seeds, it sows joy within you to be able to do these kinds of things. I, I can't advocate it enough. So I did three, two and a, well, we'll call it two and a half days out at Festival in the Park, and uh, it was glorious. Uh, I hope that Haydini or Leon or, or someone next year will step up and, and fill that stage and keep people laughing and keep people happy. I am prepping for the end of September, and, and October is coming up. October is, is going to be a great, a great month. I am uh, at the very beginning. I'm going down to Florida, going down to Orlando. Uh, hello, Orlando friends. I'm going to be participating in the Genie Convention in Atlanta. I'm going to be doing some close-up and uh, doing a close-up show for my fellow magicians. I will get to hang out with friends. I will get to reestablish some old bonds. I will get to sit across a table from people I admire and and learn new things and teach new things and really looking forward to that a lot. We'll see how the fall goes. We'll see how the winter goes. Right now, I am living for today. I am content and happy and peaceful in the place that I have put myself into. I'm not a bad man. I make bad choices sometimes, sure. I, I make the wrong turn, but I've, I've found that I can get back on the road pretty easily. If I take just a moment to get political, I hope that you'll forgive me. I'm not a political-minded sort of a person. I, I keep up with politics from the fringes just to, for, the, for the idea of not getting screwed, <laughs> of not getting, uh, not getting fooled too badly. So I, I keep, you know, you, you keep your eye on the politicians, but I don't delve into it that much myself. Maybe if I get older, maybe as I get older, I will delve more and maybe I'll take up a hand in it myself locally because, you know, that's where change comes from. But if I could wax political for a moment, I hope you'll allow me this. If you identify yourself, and I'm, I, am, I am not speaking to anyone who is not me, because this message is as much for me as, as for anybody else, but I'm going to identify as who I am and put this message out there to my fellow white Christian, quotes around Christian, American people. We're a problem. We have become so entrenched in our privilege that we don't even see it anymore. You got to really strain and you got to really work hard to see the perspective of somebody who is not you. But you got to do it. You got to do it. Here's my problem. The past week or so, it's been going on for months and then maybe even a bit. You get the basic idea of what I'm talking about. This idea of holding a flag or an ideology to such high extremes that you would condemn another human being for not doing what you believe in or not seeing the world the specific way that you see it is, is bullshit. Okay? I'm a white male. I am a middle-aged, quote, <laughs> white male 
follower of the ideals of Christ that I was brought up with. That's a topic for another day. I think I've touched on it before. The flag, the people that fought, bled, and died for that flag and for that ideology and for freedom are absolute heroes. But you got to hear that last word, freedom. And that means freedom to not respect the flag. The whole purpose, the whole point behind athletes kneeling during the Star-Spangled Banner, during the, 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 during the song, and I won't get into the who wrote it and what his intentions and motives were and how he lived his life, he created a work of art that became our national anthem. I will deal with the other stuff at another time. That's not the political direction I want to go into. A man, a human being, an athlete, looked at his community and saw unfairness and injustice, and he spoke up. He spoke up by not standing up. The country said, here's our flag, stand up and respect it. And he said, I can't. I cannot respect this country that is treating my people this way. So I'm going to sit. And later that evolved into, you know, after getting critiqued, criticized, yelled at, all but fired because of it, changed it to a much more direct stance. He stood up and then he knelt. He knelt in his words out of respect for the veterans that fought, bled, and died for the freedom of the flag, the national anthem, and his freedom to not respect them. We are a free country, and the ability to speak up against our leadership, against our police force, against the unbalanced inequality between the races and the classes in this country is the rights that those veterans and those people fought, bled, and died for. I will take a knee beside my fellow human being before I will stand up and and then try to tell him he's wrong, try to tell him he doesn't have the right to be offended. Oh my God, he has the right to be offended. People are being killed, and the people that are killing them are walking free. And you're not going to tell me whose mother was murdered and whose who's, who's, who's killer got to walk away scot-free without so much as a trial that that doesn't burn and hurt and think, and you don't think about it every single day. And maybe you're not related to them, but they look like you, and their skin is the same tone as you. And you see killers because they wear a badge and because their skin is the right color, get to walk away. Hear me right. I am not saying that all police officers are like that. I am not in any way condemning the police force as a blanket statement, but I'm telling you as a blanket statement, it is a danger to be black in America. Now, I'm going to assume there's still somebody listening to me. It's dangerous and it shouldn't be. And these athletes, God bless them, the, 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 the people that put their bodies on the line for our entertainment, our, I guess, the closest thing we have to gladiators right now, 
Uh, anyway, for for in the entertainment sports industry to say, I disagree with what's going on in my world and I want to protest it and I'm not going to pick up a gun and I'm not going to swing a fist and I'm not going to to vandalize something or, 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 or break something of somebody else's. No, I'm going to peacefully protest. I'm going to put my knee on the ground and put my head down out of solidarity for the people that are losing their lives out there. And then, and then go and do your job and go and entertain people and go and make the touchdowns. And then when the game is over to go back out into the community and give hundreds of thousands of dollars of the money that you are paid as a privilege to play football, to give that money to the charities of your heart, to uplift, help, and inspire the people that cannot help themselves. You cannot tell me that's a greater patriotism than simply standing putting your hand over your heart and worshiping a godless flag. The man who is using his American right to protest the things that are wrong with America is a bigger patriot than you sitting on your couch telling him he's wrong. Did you stand up? When the national anthem played in your living room? Did you? Have you, in, in protesting him, in, in telling this guy that he doesn't have the right, these men now, these whole teams now that are standing, white and black, standing, kneeling in support of people that are getting killed needlessly, are you going to tell them that they're wrong and then do nothing to help the situation yourself? Are you putting yourself in the gap? Are you, do you have anybody's back as far as the, the injustice that's happening in your own society? If not, shut the hell up. Enjoy the game. They are taking two minutes or less to make their point in their platform and, 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 and getting recognized and getting seen and, and putting themselves in danger, putting their lives and their careers literally on the line because they believe in a cause. And they are not hurting anyone, and they are not breaking anything, and they are not trying to take over. They are simply saying, this is wrong, and I am an American, and I have a platform that I am blessed and lucky to be standing on, and I'm going to use my privilege call attention to the people that don't have it. That's it. That's all I got to say. Do right. Stop oppressing people who are simply trying to make their point. They are patriots. They are expressing love and they're doing it in a very peaceful and extremely powerful way. Give me a break. <sighs> there. <laughs> Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pretend that I'm still talking to somebody. Live for love, man. Live for love. Look, look where the love is being directed. And, and look where the, where the oppression is coming from. And look who is trying to stifle somebody else's voice. That's all. That's really all. It's the whole thumbnail. It's the whole judgment point. Is somebody trying to keep somebody else from talking? 
Is somebody trying to keep someone else's voice hidden? Well, that's, that's the bad side. I got my little voice. I got you listening to me. I hope you've enjoyed it. It's been a, it's been a strange and different kind of program. There's a, a song I'm going to lead out with. It's by my other, other favorite band, the Ramones. And the song is written by a genius, uh, Tom Waits. Uh, the Ramones did a cover of his song, I Don't Want to Grow Up. And I think it's really kind of fitting for the message that I had today. Yeah, I grew up. I became a, uh, let's put quotes around this, I became a responsible adult. I am living my life to the best of my ability. I'm trying to uplift and love my neighbor and my enemy. I'm trying to make a better world. I'm trying to leave my place a little better than I found it. But man, I'm playing and I love to play and I love to color and I love to to color inside and outside of the lines. And I like to see where the boundaries are. And, and I like to lay on the grass and look at the trees. And I like to lay on my back in a snowstorm and pretend that I am James Tiberius Kirk and I have just entered warp speed. <laughs> Too much information? Maybe. Whatever. This is the Ramones. I've been Hannibal. I don't want to grow up. And I hope, I sincerely hope, that there is love where you are. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for tonight. Bye.